0: Welcome to Clearing the Haze where we discuss advocacy and key issues impacting the vapor industry. My name is Pamela Gorman. I'm the Executive Director of Smoke-Free Alternatives Trade Association and your new host for the show. This is my inaugural podcast as host, so I'm very excited to get started. Today we have with us Carrie Hess. She is co-president of Savada's Northern California chapter and co-owner of NorCal Vape in Reading with her husband, Jeff. She is also a registered addiction specialist. To put it mildly, Carrie is a dynamo. She's a successful business owner, mother of two, and has been super active with her chapter lobbying California state legislature, fighting against a series of bills to equate vapor products with tobacco. Carrie and Jeff, like all California businesses, are fighting for their livelihood, not only by the federal threat of the FDA's new rules, but also by a ballot initiative, which is turning every voter in the state into a lawmaker to determine the fate of their business. So their advocacy work has to expand beyond influencing legislators to campaigning to win over voters.
1: Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, thank you. Thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me on the show. We'd love to have
0: you. So for those that don't know you, how did you decide to get involved in advocacy and involved with Safada specifically?
1: Um, So what happened was that they banned indoor vaping in my county, and they would not allow an exemption for vape shops. Um, And so I got really, as soon as that came up, I started making phone calls and reaching out to people. um, And Safada was a well-known group. Um, And I always thought that my business was too small or they were too big um, for me. Um, But people gave me personalized attention with my specific issue here in Shasta County. Um, And so I really became sold on becoming a member. Um, But what happened was when they banned the indoor vaping, I decided I could either be mad and sit around and complain about the problem, or I could become a part of the solution. And so that's when I got involved um, and started showing up to some advocacy meetings. um, And I was shortly thereafter nominated to be the secretary of our chapter. And you've done a fantastic job
0: and the rest is <laughs> that's history. why you get to be called, yes, that's why you get to be called Dynamo in my intro so um beyond that, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I remember you said you were a registered addiction specialist previously, and
1: how does that relate to the vaping industry and the work that you do? Um, so I had worked in the addiction treatment field um, for several years before we opened the shop and um, vaping products are a harm reduction tool. And so that goes hand in hand with addiction treatment because um, harm reduction is definitely an important part of the addiction treatment field. And so it kind of went hand in hand. Um, And then it just so happens to lend a little bit more credibility when I'm speaking um, to policymakers. So it's not just, I'm a vape shop owner and I'm really passionate about this, but I actually have credentials that back up what I'm saying. That's awesome. Uh, Moving on, what if the new
0: regulations prohibits free samples, which is kind of along these lines? So to get around this, you know, a lot of shops and vapor businesses charge a nominal fee, sometimes just a dollar, but you've been very creative in what you're doing. And can you explain that for our listeners so they can find out what you're
1: doing to raise money for advocacy while you're sampling? So what we're doing is at the end of each month, we're taking all of the money collected for sampling fees and donating it to a different advocacy group each month and then kind of promoting them. So the first month we donated to CASA and we were able to say, hey, thanks to our customers, we donated, I think it was $156 um, to CASA. Are you a member? Sign up for free and posted their website. So it's kind of promoting um, the advocacy group and then also making a contribution.
0: That's fantastic. And what a terrific way to turn what could be a negative into a positive right there with your consumers. I think that's fantastic. Yeah,
1: our customers are a lot more, they're a lot less disgruntled knowing that it's going um, to fight for papers, right? (laughs) I
0: think that's really, really smart. And I know when we talked before, you said there's a lot of other activities you're doing in your store to promote advocacy and educate customers. And and actually, that's what led me to want to interview so other people could hear kind of some of the creative stuff you're doing basically to use your store to save your store. And so if if you could just kind of describe some of these other things that you're doing, I think it would benefit everybody around the country that's looking for ways they can make a difference.
1: Sure, Um, what we have done in the past is when there are calls to action is uh, set up our laptop, um, or actually a couple different computers um, in the shop on the sampling bar, And then bought some pizza and told people, hey, it's a pizza party. Come down and write your legislator. Take this call to action. Enjoy pizza. So, of course, people love food. So if there's free food, you know, kind of an attraction. So um, we invite people down um, to get them down this way. And then that way they feel like they're involved and um, taking taking part in their, you know, doing their part. Um, We're also uh, doing a voter registration uh, bake sale um and of course it's because people like food um but uh what we're going to be able to do is hopefully um sell some goodies and then donate that money along with our sampling fee to um to uh an advocacy group this month Um, and then we're going to educate our customers about um, the ballot initiative here in california so when we have had um lobby days or uh, hearings in sacramento Uh, my shop is two and a half hours from Sacramento, so a lot of my customers can't go, but they really wanna be involved in the process. And so what we did was um, have our customers come in and help us make signs that we got to bring to Sacramento. So they still felt like they were a part of the movement, um, even though they couldn't drive, you know, a half a day between there and back um, to the hearings.
0: You got a big state, that's a terrific workaround for people to keep them engaged in your community. One of the things you told me about, too, was your, I think you called it an advocacy alcove. Can you describe for the listeners what that is?
1: Oh, right, so we have this um, space that is, it's kind of a built-in shelf area, and so that's where we put all of our advocacy materials, and we have information on CASA, we have voter registration forms, we have No More Casualties flyers, we have the Clearing the Air article that I was a part of writing last year, Um, And just a lot of different informational um, pamphlets and the Royal College of Physicians report, just all sorts of information that people, it's kind of when they're in line at the register and if there's a backup, then it's perfect for them to look around and, um, you know, kind of see how they can become involved or become more educated. So um, it just, it works out really perfect um, that we have that space and we utilize it for um, helping to inform our customers. Well, and
0: it's great if you get busy because you've kind of got a silent advocate somewhere in your store. So it at least catches people's attention, even if you maybe were so busy you didn't have time to have a more in-depth conversation with them. I think that's so innovative and, and something that probably almost every store has a little space they could do. So I'm hoping to see more people say, I'm doing Carrie's idea. and And down the road, we'll see more and more of these advocacy alcoves. It's kind of fun to say, too.
1: I've also seen a lot of really great ideas um, in some other shops that have um, TVs where they will run uh, like The Truth About Vaping commercial or um, podcast and, and whatnot to help inform their customers that way. So there's other ways, um, other ideas other than just what I do in my shop um, that other people could implement as well. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of great things as co-owners of your shop
0: to get the word out and engage your customers. I assume you have staff in your shop as well. How important do you think it is for them to be properly educated and knowledgeable about these issues so they can talk to customers too?
1: Well, I think it's extremely important. They're the front line to my customers. And what's really exciting about my shop is that my staff doesn't just see it as just a job, they're really passionate about the industry and really passionate about educating the customers, and they want this product to be around for the long term. And so um, they're really good about engaging with the customers. So I'm really excited and blessed to have them um, because they really care.
0: You're such a great Safada member. And so in your own words, could you tell us why being a part of Safada is important to you and maybe should be to others and what message you may have for anyone considering membership in a trade association?
1: Um, Well, I definitely think that anyone in any industry should belong to a trade association um because then we get guidance we get uh support and um i like safata in particular because it fits the size and the model of my business Um, and so it works really well Um, i have a direct line and direct access to Um, the board members, everyone's willing to take my call and work through whatever's going on and support me. Um, So I like that aspect of no matter how big the organization has grown to, that I still get um, like one-on-one customer service, so to say, um, from the organization. And basically where I'm at is that I don't care what trade association you belong to, if you're a vaping industry business, you should belong to one and even last night my husband said oh this this girl i know called because she just opened her own business and wants to know what to do can you email her the royal college of physicians report and i'm like no tell her to go on google you know uh you know every everything that i've done i've done on my own and um so i recommended um that this lady join a trade association in in particular safada because she's a small business um to find out about how to apply for a manufacturer's license and um you know those are those are some of the benefits is getting uh information about how to work with the new FDA deeming regulations and uh California had put out a uh regulatory compliance document um that I was a part of working on um for our members in California when the new laws changed before we close I just
0: want to know if you can tell people where to find your shop and you online
1: I'm sure on Instagram, it's NorCalvape all one word. And then uh, on Facebook, it's NorCalvape, which is three separate words. And um, the majority of our pages are relating to um, advocacy and calls to action. So um, it would be great if everyone checked in there to see um, what we're up to. And if anyone has any ideas that I didn't cover, I would love to incorporate more um, into our shop as well.
0: Thank you so much. And with that, I want to thank everyone out there for listening today. Special thanks to Carrie for giving us great ideas and a great talk. As a reminder, you can visit org to download this podcast as well as past shows, including Safada's Top 10 Vapor Facts, Demystifying Misconceptions About the Vapor Industry, and other resources. Please don't forget to follow Sabata on Facebook and on Twitter. Until next time, I'm Pamela Borman. Thanks for tuning in.